the psychiatrist asked, So, Joe, is this strong economy you talk about in the room with us right now? The Kate Daly Show starts now. See, this programming has been around for a long time, and we pretend like it's, oh my gosh, how did this happen in, in 2019? No, come on. We have been habituated into the belief that if the people in authority who architect the fear tell you, A, to be afraid, and then B, what to do when you're afraid, then you do it. And if we as a society stopped living in the fear narrative, the signal couldn't transmit. Hi there, that was Dr. David Martin talking about our programming, how we've been so ultimately programmed into fear, right? Milty mentioned the Alaska pox in the last hour. (laughs) I'm very afraid of the Alaska pox. Six whole people have it. Seven. I think I'm next. (laughs) Seven as of a minute ago. Um, So welcome back. And of course, we have uh, Mel Madison who joins us, who I love having him on on Tuesdays. This has been such a, a fun thing because he always brings something new to the show. And there's so much going on right now. In fact, um, the article that I saw just as I was coming on to the show today was Worst Dow, right, today. And and so lots of things are brewing and happening. Mel Madison of Mel Mattison, so it's M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N, uh, melmadison.com. What's going on? Can't wait to get your take. All right, great. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, today was an interesting day because we have been kind of off to the races in the uh, stock market this year. We've had record highs in the S&P 500 going over 5,000. We've had risk assets like Bitcoin going over 50,000. And then, you know, we had a little reality check today with the inflation numbers came out and and it was a worse day for the Dow in quite some time down over 700 points at one point and, and closing the day down over 500. And I think, you know, what's really happening here is we're starting to see some of the very first cracks in the surface of what the deep economic state, as I like to refer to, is trying to paint this picture of a rosy economy with low inflation, strong growth, strong employment. And today, you know, we had our first kind of surprise inflation report in a while where the surprise was that inflation was stronger than expected. And and when you look beneath the surface, it was actually a lot stronger than expected. So it came out at about 3.9%, you know, year over year, uh, ex uh, food and energy. Um, they don't usually like to look at that, which doesn't sound too bad. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking at a lot of the underlying components, like uh, car insurance up over 20%, uh, rent up over 6%, and all these numbers are really lower than they are. And so, they just kind of shoot holes in the theory that uh, they like to spread, which is real wages are growing. So real wages have been up around 4% year over year, meaning the average hourly pay in the country is up about 4%. And they say, well, inflation is less than that. So people are, are making more money. Their standard of living is going up. But when you look, start looking at the real numbers and you see what's there and what, what happened today and what really triggered the market sell-off was this idea that you know, we rate, we wrote, we we hiked up interest rates, and now the inflation genie is going to go back in the bottle, and the Federal Reserve can start cutting rates again. Good times are here again. Um, there's been a little monkey wrench thrown into that, and so there was a there was a big sell off today, 
And, you know, it just created this sense that maybe we're not on such a good footing with inflation and we'll see what what comes in the following months this year. But I think the long term path is clear that all this money printing, all the debt, eventually that day of reckoning is coming. What's going to happen in the stock market tomorrow? I can't tell you, but the cracks are starting to show. Mm. So when we hear that inflation was stronger than expected, Mm -hmm. Is it really that it was stronger than expected, or is it that we were lied to so much we didn't know what was going on, but somebody else did? I, I think it's it's stronger than expected, and when those expectations are out, they're based on the, the, the knowledge that market participants have that these are kind of cooked numbers a little yeah. bit. And so... It, they're 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 almost so like cool. this. I would say they're higher than the 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 lie that we were expecting. So we were expecting <laughs> a better lie. <laughs> we were expecting you know, a better market, lie. Yeah, the market was expecting a better lie today. That's a good thing. <laughs> wow. Um, can you describe China? How what they've been doing? We were talking yes, about this on it, the break. Yeah. Exactly. So China. Um, you know, the, the, these cracks beneath the surface are really global and, and global uh, debt is at, you know, epidemic proportions. It, you know, global debt is now crossed over three hundred trillion dollars. And to put that in context, uh, you know, the total GDP, the, all the money, all the goods and services, all the all the economic activity. If you go back just about a decade ago in 2012, Global debt was about 100% of global GDP. So about the total debt equaled the total amount of economic activity in one year. In the last 12 years, and a lot of this has to do with the pandemic, but it has to do with other things as well, like you know the, the deep state agenda, that, that ratio has gone from 100% to 336%. So you know, imagine if all of the money that you owed with your house and your car and everything and, and in a decade, you you more than triple that. Like, what what does that say about was what's happening to you financially? It says that you're going down a, a downward spiral, and if it continues, you're going to be in bankruptcy. And that's what it says about our economy. Now, you asked about China because they they've been suffering too. They they got used to super high growth rates, and they're losing those. And one of the biggest things, an unintended consequence of their one-child policy is that they are aging rapidly. And we talked about this last week where the deep economic state had a labor crisis, so that's why we have our border crisis. China has a baby crisis that is now taking away their growth. And so their economy is in the doldrums, the the, the real estate, and, and so the Communist Party they have even more ways to prop things up than we do. So they have a gigantic, what they call a sovereign wealth fund, where they can take money, billions of dollars, and just what they're doing is they just announced to promote market stability, we're going to start buying Chinese stocks. So it's the government just going in. It's like Uncle Sam going in and just buying the stock market. And that's what we do. We're just a little uh, more sophisticated about it. We we lower the interest rates through the Federal Reserve, and then we pump the money through the banking system so that individuals can go and make a bunch of money and buy, and pump up the stock market. There, the government just can do it directly through their sovereign wealth funds. So they just leapfrog. Yes. <laughs> China leapfrogs and just does it. We make a game out of it. 
Yes. Yeah. We exactly. bail them out. Exactly. <laughs> we bail them out. Yeah. No, that's the truth, though. They do get bailed out yeah. in the end. So yeah. you know, we, we do the same game, but we like to we like to have the show, and the show is we go through all these other steps, right, to make it look legit. Exactly. And, and the other thing is, where is really the nexus of power in the country? And in China, it's in the government. And so the government can do this directly. In the United States, it's in the it's in the banks and it's in the corporations. And so the government needs to funnel it through. They need to to pass it through to the, um, you know, the, the partners in crime, if you will. And, and I don't even know if this is going maybe a little bit too far, but it even ties in a lot to that you had a fantastic guest on earlier uh, in the week, uh, Gary Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, and the way he he brings it out. I was listening to that show and he he, he literally talked about the path um, going forward and he started listing the things they need. And I, I couldn't believe it. He, he talked about quantum computing and A.I. Then he talked about a central bank digital currency. And then he started going into more of the areas of his expertise, like demonic algorithms, he said, to hide the real money. But a lot of that just dovetails so much with what I think about and write about in Quasa Financial Thriller, where what he's doing is he's looking at it at the very 30,000 foot level and putting it in that biblical context. And I'm taking it kind of one level below that into, okay, here, at least on the economic side of the tentacles of what's happening, what's going on. And it's not too different to look at it, whether you look at it literally or figuratively with, you know, Genesis and the fallen angels and the Nephilim Mm -hmm. had these godlike powers and and went away from God. And the central banks really have these godlike powers to create money. And just as the Nephilim had the hybrid children, the giants, when they mated with women, what really happens is the central banks kind of mate with commercial banks and you have the giants of old almost where you have these partial powers. And instead of printing money directly, they're printing money through fractional reserve banking. And these are kind of the demonic forces that are going on behind the scenes. And they're working um, in a way to bring us towards some of the things. And I don't know if we're talking end times here, but maybe we are, where, where this debt and this deficit these types of things can be some of the things that start setting off those chain reactions that can lead to, to, to f- from a, a gold war, if you will, to a hot war where we're now where we're now involved in Armageddon and the end times. And it, it really what scares me is that my economic work, you know, starts pointing in that direction around 2030, which mm. is not too far away. And so a lot of that stuff really tied in well to that guest and uh, found it fascinating. It was a great showcase. Thank you. That was yesterday. Yeah. Gary Wayne, wasn't he amazing? Yesterday. Uh, boy, he went over so much information that I hope people go listen to it again so they can absorb more about what he was saying because there were so many things said and we had to move a little quickly because there's only so much time. But I so appreciate that you listened to that. And I actually love your insight on that, that you just laid out there. I thought that that was really great. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. There's- and he brings up ba- Babylon and and and, and Babel. And and what's interesting is a lot of my works on the Central uh, Bank for International Settlements. He mentioned the IMF. He mentioned the World Bank. Yeah. He didn't mention the BIS, which is very little known. But the, their big tower in the city of Basel, Switzerland, people call it the Tower of Basel, you know, as a playoff <laughs> of Tower of Babel. And yeah. they, you can't even make this I up, know. right? I know. And, and they are now constructing a bigger, taller one. 
and they have put they're growing so fast this is part of their desire to put in the central bank digital currency and be the technological backbone of the finance world going forward and it is like a modern day babylon where you have all the different languages being spoken the 63 leaders of uh, of central banks from around the world come to this tower of basel to put in the global control and you start listening to it and i think he was spot on as well with you know the different tentacles i think he was talking about the different toes mm -hmm. on, the, on the on the feet the 10 with, mm -hmm. with the, yeah and you have the western mm -hmm. bloodlines which are really represented by the the deep economic state in basel switzerland with the bis and then right. you have these other tentacles with you know putin and russia and then you have the the bloodlines with the uh xi jinping and you have these these bloodlines fighting mm -hmm. it out, and, yep. and this is what's leading to it. We're going to come right back. Will you stay with us? I want to talk about Turkey. We'll be sure. right back. More with Mel Madison. The book is Quaz. Go get it. Be right back. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com, hitting 25 million on SoundCloud. That was mostly just the last three years. It's so crazy how mm -hmm. that works because it's all word of mouth. We can't do any advertising. There's yeah. no advertising ever done. So it's all word of mouth, and I really appreciate you guys sharing the SoundClouds. You can get the recorded version of the show and even shortened versions called Shorts. Um, you can get those at the bottom of the homepage on katedalyradio.com. Also, I mentioned in the last hour from Birch Gold that um, there was a, a, there's a, a shortage of gold coming, and... Please text 989898. These are the people that I trust for gold and silver purchases. Put in the, put in my name Kate when you message them 989898. Um, that's the phone number on your phone and just text my name and they'll give you some free information on that. Is there a gold shortage coming? What what is it, what do you think, Mel? There's a gold shortage coming and there's a number of reasons for it and it makes perfect sense. Uh you know, I know you've mentioned in the past on the show the the, the Tucker Putin interview, and mm -hmm. and he talked about you know the U.S. making a big mistake when they weaponized the dollar, they took Russia off the SWIFT system, the international system, and and really what's been happening for a long time is you know your listeners and, and you guys are all very well aware of what the BRICS are planning to do and and what's happening and and central banks have traditionally what they've held uh after world war ii is u.s dollars mm -hmm. and the, the trust is going away um in the dollar and central banks especially central banks like russia and china are just getting their hands on as much gold as they possibly can right now they're they're de-dollarizing they call it um, because of the weaponization of the dollar, but mm -hmm. also because of the lack of faith in the dollar. So you have one big group out there buying gold, and that's central banks and even our allies, the, the French Central Bank. All, all these banks are doing record gold purchases. And then on, on the other hand, you have people waking up to the reality of the economic system in places like China with over a billion people, and they are flocking to gold and silver and precious metals just like people in India have done for centuries. They've always held most of their wealth in, uh, in gold and silver. In fact, um, 
over 25,000 uh, tons of gold and silver are held by the people of India. If you look at what our central bank in the U.S. holds, it's 8,000 tons. So you have all this gold and silver that's starting to be sopped up by central banks, mm -hmm. by the growing populations in places like India and places in China. And so that can only lead to one thing, which is a gold shortage and, and an ultimate rise in the price. Now, the futures get manipulated and things can get in check. And, and right now you see gold go down a little bit today because of, people are afraid the Federal Reserve is not going to you know, lower rates or print more money. But they will be lowering rates and printing more money. And when that starts happening, you're going to see gold uh, and silver both shoot up. Wow. Nolte? So uh, the IRS prohibits actually holding the physical gold, silver, and other precious metals if they are part of a gold IRA. Where mm -hmm. is that gold? I don't know. So uh, where, where does it need to be held? Yeah. For the IRA? If you so, can't so, hold mm -hmm. it, so, if you can't legally hold it, where is it? <laughs> So, so it's got to be custodied somewhere. I, okay. I don't know where, and I would suppose it would depend on who is kind of what they would call custodian of your IRA mm -hmm. and making sure that things are reported correctly for right. tax purposes to the IRS. Right. So it's, it, 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 at least it should be. And, yeah. and, and this is this is a big thing with supposed gold stocks in the world. Like, mm -hmm. what what is really in Fort Knox? What is really in mm -hmm. these places? We mm -hmm. don't know, right? Because you know, we the audits Fort Knox aren't was ravaged done. A while back, I think Fort Knox was ravaged in the in the seventies. And I also wanted to talk to you about Turkey too. Um, and we'll split this up because I want you to come back after the next break and talk about Turkey. But. Um, Give us a, a lead in for a minute on Turkey. What's what's going on there with their central bank? Well, Turkey could just be uh, a a prelude of what's to come here. So we can just leave it with, uh, you know, their interest rates. Our Federal mm -hmm. Reserve had to raise interest rates to 5%. Mm -hmm. Their central bank has it at 40%. Okay. They have 85% inflation. And this is what happens when the currency collapses. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so the things going on in Turkey, um, <laughs> uh, so we'll have to come back, I guess, and, and talk about this. We've got about 20 seconds, but there's, there's just a whole lot going on, a sign of possible things to come here in the U.S., yes, as their exactly. currency crashes. And a deep economic state connection that brings in all the usual suspects, Goldman Sachs, Harvard, the Federal Reserve of New York in Turkey. Wow. they get uh, around. And, yeah. So, they so get around. we can talk about their okay. new chief. We can talk about the resign of the old of the old one because of death threats. Okay, we'll come right back. And... We'll come right back more with Milty and Mel Madison. The book is Quaz. Be right back. Hey everybody, as we enter into 2024, this is really important. The banking crisis, which is kind of remaining kind of quiet, except for smaller banks are, are failing as more centralized banking even happens at these levels right now that we're seeing. That's why we saw some of the bank closures uh, last year. As this enters stage two, this is really, really important. Investors are relaxed right now because they think the banking crisis is over, but it's really a big mistake. History shows that major financial crises unfold in stages and have a quiet period between the initial stage and the critical stage when it's too late to do anything. 
The next forecast that's coming, the more acute stage two of the banking crisis is coming after a quiet period, right? We know this. It's coming. Birch Gold is writing about this. They understand that there's this quiet period right now. This is the time, you guys, get everything you have at least backed by gold. It won't cost you anything, which is amazing. You can take advantage of this, at least get the information. Your IRAs, your retirement, are they short up? Are they backed by anything important, by any, by any gold? Um, and make sure you buy gold and silver from Birch Gold. These are the people I trust, okay? And I love them. Um, you guys out there that have that have done this are saying such fantastic things about Birch Gold. I knew you would. And, of course, Ron Paul, Steve Bannon, uh, Ben Shapiro. These are all the people that use Birch Gold for a reason. They have a stellar reputation. Please text 989898. That's the phone number, 989898, those six digits. Text my name, Kate, as the message on your phone. And when you do that, you'll get some free information to look at. Please do this, okay? Just get the free information. Information is free and you know, you can't go wrong with information and at least you'll have some answers on if this is something you should do too. Thanks, you guys. Birch Gold is amazing. Otherwise, I wouldn't talk about them. Thanks a lot. This is the Kate Daly Show. Hi there. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. Go to preparewithkate.com and get some food storage. You'll love me for this one because there's some really great deals and it's my Patriot supply that it hooks you into and it's nice. Preparewithkate.com. You just go to that website and when you click, it brings you into my Patriot supply and it helps the show. So that's nice. And then also at the same time, um, you're getting great deals on food storage and you should be picking stuff up every month, every single month right now while you've got this little short window to deal with. Um, my guest, Mel Madison, uh, is with me. Milty had to go. So Mel is staying with me and we have so much to talk about. In fact, talk about the the, the problem you're seeing with commercial uh, real estate, the, the problems echoing out of San Francisco. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the four waves and the wave that's coming. You're going to want to hear this. Uh, talk about commercial real estate. What do you see going on, Mel? Well, I started the hour talking about starting to see some cracks beneath the surface. And so this is actually very common in financial markets, which is sometimes you have the best performance, the best times right before the biggest collapses. And so we've seen these amazing runs in the stock market and so on. But the cracks are starting to show. We talked about inflation. The other big crack that is going to start showing this year is commercial real estate. So when I'm talking about commercial real estate, what I'm really talking about is office space. And in particular, the big office buildings in downtown New York, San Francisco, uh, all the major cities. And what has happened there? And it's really a common sense thing. And it's just taking a little time to play out. And so we had full occupancy. We had everybody going to work more or less five days a week and COVID came and and there's a new normal now and there's just not the need for downtown office space, especially in the cities that people are fleeing. So this isn't necessarily a problem for the people in Jacksonville, Florida mm-hmm. or Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. It's more of a it's more of a problem in the uh, the cities that that are undergoing the greatest decline, places like, unfortunately, where I'm from originally, Chicago. So what's happened is, is, you know, people, a lot of the times they buy a house, they do a 30-year mortgage. 
when people are buying these billion dollar buildings, a lot of times they, they have five year loans that need to be refinanced or some other period that's shorter, a lot shorter than 30 years, a lot shorter than 10 years most of the time. So while they've lost the occupancy, they've been able to keep the charade up because the loans didn't need to be right refinanced. These loans were originally made at absurdly low interest rates when the Federal Reserve had their Fed funds rate at 0%. Now the Fed funds rates at 5% and they need to refinance these loans. And the banks, the best interest rates they can give them are 7 8%. And these companies, these individuals that own these buildings, they can't make money. And so they're not even refinancing. They're doing what they call throwing the keys back at the bank. And they're just saying to the bank, here, you do it. Just like we saw in the great financial crisis where people like, I can't pay my mortgage, you know, foreclose, here's the keys to the house. And we saw how that ended. And now we're seeing that. And what happens with that is it starts to trickle into the banking system, just like it did with the residential crisis we had a decade ago. Wow. Talk to me. So we're going to see, I, and could that trickle down even worse who knows but these are the little things that you're noticing so and they're not very little they're big they're huge things i think and so talk to me about the four waves yeah exactly so so these are huge things and anybody can look at like the regional bank index because a lot of this real estate is held by the smaller they're not really small banks. They're, they're still really big banks, but I'm not talking necessarily about Bank of America or JP Morgan, but but banks like PacWest or, or US mm. Bank or some of these second tier banks hold a lot of this. And you can look at the stock market at its all time highs and you can look at where the share prices of these banks are, which have been some of them are down 50 percent. We've seen some of them. Uh, one bank, Community Bank of New York, recently just plummeted over 30 percent in one day. So so these things are getting taken out to the woodshed. And this is this is really the big problem we're seeing there now. To move into Turkey, if we wanted to go there, is that or no, the four waves. OK, yeah. so the four waves. Um, this is this is part of this whole debt crisis that I've talked about before that's brewing, that's going to be coming to a head when uh, things like the Social Security and the Medicare trust funds are due to run out at the end of this decade. And that the, the amount of government debt that's going to be necessary to fill these gaps is going to be so immense that we're going to uh, either have runaway inflation or runaway high interest rates. And so that's what you're kind of seeing now in Turkey. We'll get to Turkey. But but to put it in a broader perspective, what's going on is really what I call and others have called it as well. Um, I don't want to be Claudine Gay here. I, this isn't my terminology of coming up with the four waves. Sure. But what's often talked about in the business is these four debt waves. And the, the first debt wave was really in the 70s or so. And this was everybody. Uh, throwing money into Latin American economies because the Latin American economies were doing good. You couldn't lose. You, you were making money. And then the economies turned down there and you had countries. One of the biggest ones was Argentina, Argentina truly go bankrupt. And we all know what kind of situation Argentina is in and, and what's going on down there. They're trying to transform it and get it back to to, to a, a sound system. But it but they've had decades of just absolute collapse with leftist policies. So that was the first one, the Latin American debt crisis. Then. It got it kind of went up the food chain a little bit. It went to to Asia, countries like Thailand. That was, that was the second wave that really was a massive debt crisis that caused a lot of pain in that part of the world. 
the third dead crisis started moving closer to home, and it was literally our homes. The, the third major wave was when low interest rates after 9-11 stoked the housing bubble in the United States, and we had the great financial collapse here. This fourth wave, it's what's, what's most concerning about it is it goes directly to the foundations of our economy, and it is the governments of developed countries, not Argentina or Thailand, but now we're seeing it in European countries. We're, we're seeing it in Turkey clearly now, and this could be the foreshadowing of what's to come with other developed countries in Europe. It next would probably be countries like Spain and Greece. Then it moves into places like France and England. And then all of a sudden it, it hits the U.S. And that that's what's happening right now. And this is the fourth wave. And it's just starting in Europe. And it's going to eventually, I believe, move from there across the Atlantic to the United States. Wow. So that, that wave is coming. It's just a matter of time. It, it is coming, and, and the deep economic state is doing their best to shuffle things around. So in Turkey, we had a central bank head. Um, she was educated in the United States. She was trained and worked and learned the business at Goldman Sachs. She came in for a year. She's, she's placed there. <clears throat> and then... She actually, because she's been tightening interest rates so that they can bring down their inflation. So inflation rates in Turkey are around 85, 100% year over year. So wages have gone up 100% year over year in Turkey. The lira, which is their currency, the Turkish lira is in free fall. And so the central bank has raised the interest rates there to 40%. So in the United States, our, our Fed funds rate is around 5%. In, in Turkey, it, it's at 40% and it's still not stopping inflation. It's still rising, you know, 65, 70% year over year. So they bring in a new gentleman. His name is uh, Fatia Karahan. So mm -hmm. Ka Karahan, K-A-R-A-H-A-N. And his training, surprise, surprise, is he received both a master's and doctorate from the University of Pennsylvania spent nearly a decade as an economist at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. So under under the central bank tutelage here in New York, and then worked um, as a part-time lecturer at Columbia University before being hired on as the senior economist at Amazon. So, <laughs> you know, you, you see this wow. intersection. You, oh, yeah. You, you can't make these things up of where they pull these cabals from. Oh you and, and Milty were talking yeah. last hour about board of directors. I yeah. Was, yeah. It made me look up the, the board of directors yeah. of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. And I'm looking at this, I'm laughing, and it's like these class B directors, they call it. And it says, these are members that are elected by member banks to represent the public. Oh, my so, gosh. We'll come right back. I want to come back on this okay. note, Mel. Mel Madison. We'll talk AI when we get back, too. And uh, maybe even Putin be right back. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Hey, Daly Show. So glad to have you listening. 
And of course, Mel Madison is on with me. Um, Mel, M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N.com. The book is Quaz. Go get it. It's a uh, fictional thriller, but I think I think it's less fiction and more truth. Actually, <laughs> I think it was. I think it's it's just how I think books are even being written now. You can kind of really tell the truth alongside uh, supposed fiction. I mean, I love that you did this. Quaz, Q-U-O-Z, and uh, of course, uh, Mel with me. And please visit my wonderful sponsors. They're on the homepage at katedallyradio.com. And there's a reason that I choose these sponsors. There's a reason. And it's because they have amazing products or they are doing amazing things. Buy your gold and silver from Birch Gold. I trust them. There's very few people I trust on that matter. And Birch Gold is amazing. There's a reason that Ron Paul loves them. And Ron Paul's been on the show many, many times. And I always appreciate his support. Please go to text Birch Gold 989898. Get your IRAs backed with gold. It's something that you can do and it doesn't cost you anything. And I like that. Um, Mel, uh, you were talking about the board of directors and it was just so funny. This guy associated with Turkey, uh, Amazon of all places, of course. Um, but talk about the board of directors, if you will. Exactly. So, so, so the, the Turkish central bank chief, he goes from education at, uh, you know, university of Pennsylvania, then he goes to work for the federal reserve, then he goes to Amazon and then, then he comes over there and. And I mentioned that you and Milty talking about board of directors, Mm -hmm. you know, so I was looking at board of directors of the Federal Reserve banks. So I've talked about this before, that there's the the face of the Federal Reserve, the people like Jerome Powell that are appointed by the president that they put out there to the public, but that the 12 Federal Reserve banks, the Federal Reserve system, if if you actually look at the Federal Reserve, it's not the Federal Reserve Act, it's the Federal Reserve system. Um, And they use that word system because they wanted to have a a layer in there that connected the commercial banks to the activities of the central bank. And that layer is the 12 regional banks, which are owned by the member banks. These are the big banks, the regional banks. Um, And you look at the board of directors and the board of directors of of the reserve banks are made by member banks. So you have these class A directors and they're elected by member banks to represent member banks. So they're very open. This is to just represent bank interests. You have in the Bank of New York, uh, Renee F. Jones, Chairman Chief Executive of M&T Bank. You have a couple other CEOs of banks, John Brumeister, Douglas Kennedy, President and CEO of uh, PPAC Gladstone. But then you have the Class B directors on the Federal Reserve Banks that are ostensibly there to represent the public. But they also happen to be appointed by member banks. So who do they re- who do they think represents the public? In the Bank of New York's case, it's Arvind Krishna, who is the chairman and chief executive officer of IBM, and it's Adina T. Friedman, president and chief executive officer of Nasdaq, and Scott Rechler, chairman and chief executive officer of RXR. So. What it is, is these banks, which are supposed to be out there serving the public good, are controlled by their board of directors. Their board of directors are appointed and and elected by the member banks. And who are they? They're the CEOs of banks and the CEOs of major companies like IBM. So this is who we have. And you have to think, what are the interests of these people? What are they really trying to serve? Are they really trying to serve the average American family making $60,000 a year, trying to put, help them put bread on the table? Or are they looking at how can I help my pay package as the chairman and CEO of, of IBM? Or how can I help out this? 
So you have to ask yourself, what are they doing? I don't know any of those individuals personally. I haven't researched them. I only bring up their names because their pictures and their names are on the Federal Reserve uh, mm -hmm. site for the New York Fed. Right. So this is just one example of how these boards are incestuous, these relationships with Turkey and Goldman Sachs and Amazon, how, how it all ties together. I did a show on the background of Bezos and Amazon and how he did not construct that company. He was placed inside that company and all of his dealings with the CIA. And a lot of it just makes so much sense when you see these names popping up. What did you feel about the, the Putin interview real quick? I thought that was a fascinating interview. And I think Putin had truth in there. I also think he had some bluster, especially regarding himself and China, mm -hmm. because he did say you know, the U.S. is afraid of Russia, but they're more afraid of China and that China is growing like crazy and all this. China is 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 in a dangerous position right now. I talked about their demographics and the, the effects of the one child policy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, when you get a wildcat backed in a corner, that's when it's most dangerous. And China uh, is having internal problems with its economy because of a bunch of issues, which we could get into. But that makes it even more dangerous. It makes it even more likely for somebody like Xi to want to go out and take Taiwan. And so I think that, you know, these tentacles, you know, these are the different bloodlines, different from the Western bloodlines, the Russian, the, the, the Chinese. I think that that pact between Russia and China is a pact. I don't think they're the same. They're, they're two different sides. They're a different tentacle of the beast. But they're coming together. But all is not well in their land either. And this is really a, globe, a global debt crisis, a global economic crisis that is brewing because of this buildup decade after decade of debt based on fiat money. And what all of these governments, all these countries have to have is growth because if you don't have growth you can't pay back the debt that's already out there you need to you need to continually issue more and more debt and then you need to grow to pay back that debt and issue more debt and if that cycle breaks it all collapses and that's what you're starting to see in the u.s you're, you're seeing it with things in commercial real estate and you're starting to see problems in china where they don't have a replacement rate and they don't uh, a fertility and that this uh, one-child policy is coming to really uh, bite them in the bum, so to speak. Yeah. What do you think happens with Taiwan? What do you think happens with China and Taiwan? Uh, well, that, that's a whole, it's, it's super interesting. The hottest stock right now in the U.S. is NVIDIA. They do the chips for AI and the, the chip race. We had the Chips Act, but there's stuff going on beneath the scenes. There's this technology that you need to make these advanced chips these are like five nanometer chips. The less nanometers, the more advanced the chip. China knows how to make like seven nanometer chips, but like an Apple iPhone has a three nanometer. And, and, and now these countries, the U.S. is begging other countries, and the Netherlands just did this. Netherlands makes some of the equipment you need to make these three and five nanometer chips, and they've banned the export to China. NVIDIA is banned from selling their top AI chips to China. And so what is in Taiwan? It's the greatest uh, center of semiconductor and, and chip manufacturer in the world. Taiwan Semiconductor is the biggest uh, company in Taiwan. And the, 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 I believe it was the president of that company was running for, the, or former president was running for president of Taiwan. He might have been elected, I, I'm not sure. But this, this is all centered around chips. And that this is this is leading up to 
um, a point where when China gets into enough trouble, I think that's going to be when Xi is going to decide he needs to make a move for Taiwan. Wow. We could go on for hours. Mel, you're fascinating. Mel Madison, this is why I have him on every week. He's amazing. Uh, MelMadison.com. Make sure to get me questions for Mel before the next time he's on next Tuesday. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. That was huge. And, uh, of course, be faithful, be fearless. See you back here tomorrow. And uh, spend some time with your family. I think it's a great thing to do, right? You guys, uh, KateDallyRadio.com for all of the sound clouds, of course. And go get the book Quaz, Q-U-O-Z, MelMadison.com. <laughs>